0: You're listening to the John DePietro Show. Um, This is so comical to me that, and I want to credit the Boston Globe. They have some very good stories today. The first story is, in fact, Harvard says the president, Claudine Gay, is now correcting another piece of her writing. So this is plagiarism. That woman doesn't belong there. This is Harvard, for crying out loud. Plagiarism is unacceptable at any level. A principal of a high school should not be involved. A teacher. But the president of Harvard correcting another piece of her writing. No. It's because it's plagiarism. And you watch. More will come out. She, it was overlooked. She thought she could get away with it. She did get away with it. And now people are digging into her writings. And now even Congress is going to intervene. Listen, She shouldn't be there. You saw that when she was on Capitol Hill. The whole, it depends on the context of genocide. Um, She doesn't belong there. They wanted her there to say we're such good people. Look at the diversity, inclusivity. Oh, my God, isn't this great? She should not be there. But it's only going to get... and it's only going to get worse. Now, the, um, the ferries that are leaving Bristol to Providence at 6 o'clock, 17 total passengers. <laughs> Seven days a week, half hour intervals. It's going to start leaving with no one on them is what's going to happen. But let me get back to the globe now. So there's a story that I really like. Look at the problems that we have right now with the bridges, the roads, infrastructure. <clears throat> Look at the flooding, not even addressed. So what's a priority for the new year? The Rhode Island judiciary wants to close the Providence Courthouse, the Garakie Courthouse, and build a new one in Cranston. How much would that cost? $400 million. Who's behind it? Senator President Ruggiero. Folks, this is what I have been talking about. Gee, a new and then he said, I, I think I can get them down to 350. Okay, so this is the problem. Notice there's no Fane Tower. There's no private company, private enterprise that's talking about building anything, but organized labor, they still have to pay all their members. They still still need projects. So all the projects now become taxpayer funded. So they've basically, and especially under Governor McKee, given up, right? There's no company that is saying, you know, we're thinking of uh, relocating or expanding our operation or coming into the, nothing, zero. How much interest is there? None. So as a result of that, you might think, okay, well then there's no reason to build anything. But the problem is they're the people that pull the strings got mckee in office and rogerio is an is a member and is one of them the laborers so it, it doesn't matter that they don't have any paying customers they still want to get all their members paid so in lieu of building private development projects now it becomes They don't change the policies. They don't say maybe we should amend the way we do business to make it more attractive. Now they just put the burden on you, on us, on the taxpayers. So that's why this past November you had the big push for all the school construction, right? What do they want to do? We need to build new police stations. We need new schools. Can't we just rehab the school? No, you got to build it. Now keep in mind, these don't go out to bid. These are all organized labor, no bid. They call them public labor agreements. And then so somebody comes up with, um, we, we the soccer stadium, nothing's happening right now. Superman building, nothing's happening right now. There's no private development. So we want some money. So now they come up with, all right, how about this? Um, we'll build a new $400 million courthouse. That the taxpayers have to pay for. And keep in mind, it goes out no bid, which means, let's just say they did put it out to bid. You could let, Let's say there was a real need, but let alone, I don't know why you wouldn't just rehab the current one, right? Even if they said we're going to do a $50 million renovation, as if they, they would act like that's an insult. No, no, no. It's going to be a brand new $400 million courthouse um, that the taxpayers will pay for, that the taxpayers will gladly pay for because we want the criminals comfortable when they're in the uh, justice system um, no this this would not be so we're accepting bids and then someone says hey i you know i have a good idea of this and we can build it for 250 million no it's designated a quote public labor agreement so it's a no bid process it is handed over to organized labor so they can juice up the cost 25 to 30 percent but i i mean again it's happening you don't see any development i'll give her credit when she ran for governor gina raimondo was the first one she was trying to use it to go after angel Tavares, then the mayor of providence but remember that she used to say do you see cranes in the sky uh economic malaise empty superman building anyone that travels over the next few months you go to florida there's cranes everywhere building I just spoke to someone back from North Carolina, said every time you look, he looked out his hotel balcony. He's like, it looks like they're rebuilding, you know, Ukraine. There's so much construction and building. And that's all private money. That's all companies uh, that are relocating there and building new headquarters and, and everything else. Notice we don't have anything like that. You have it in Tennessee. Um, you have it a lot in Texas. <clears throat> Texas, they can't keep up with the demand. And it's all private money around here. None of it is private money. It's all taxpayer. So now the beast that is, you know, never fed uh, the bottomless pit of organized labor. Now they say we have our new scheme. We want a new $400 million project. It just happens to be a courthouse. It could be anything. That's like in Pawtucket. You're the businessman. It's like, I want to save McCoy. They're like, well, you know, we're going to build two high schools for $350 million. So we don't know what to tell you. The taxpayers are going to pay for it. A new $400 million courthouse. Who in their right mind thinks that the state needs that or can afford it? Flooding, infrastructure, bridges collapsing. Yeah, let's give away a half billion. Folks, you're listening to The John DePietro Show. aj drywall plaster home improvement call them today for a free quote you can also find them on facebook 401-323-9252 323-9252 aj drywall plasters home improvement frame to finish basements what a difference it'll make in your basement acoustic ceilings look how beautiful your ceiling could be new homes additions also commercial rehabs painting remodeling contact them today it's a family run business aj drywall plaster home improvements call for a free quote what a difference they'll make in your home your ceilings floors basements 401-323-9252 what a difference beautiful walls and ceilings 401-323-9252 you can also find them on facebook It's AJ Drywall, Plaster, and Home Improvements for Your Home or Business. This is John DePietro. Thank you for listening to the show. And Merry Christmas to you, your family, on this December of 2023. Merry Christmas. One and all. You're listening to the John DiPietro Show. You know, so many northern states have no problem with an open border, with the people just coming in, whatever term you want to use, migrants, illegals, what have you. Um, But listen to the mayor of Chicago, because Texas sent (laughs) more illegals to the city of Chicago. The
1: issue is not just how we respond in the city of Chicago, it's the fact that we have a governor, a governor, an elected official in the state of Texas that is placing families on buses without shoes, cold, wet, tired, hungry, afraid, traumatized, and then they come to the city of Chicago where we have homelessness, we have mental health clinics that have been shut down and closed. You have people who are seeking employment, the the governor of Texas needs to take a look in the mirror of the chaos that he is causing for this country. This is not just a Chicago dynamic. He is attacking our country.
0: Think how wrong that is. You got that wrong? No, he's not. No, the president and the vice president are. That's absurd he's attacking the country no he's not he's just sharing some of the pain ludicrous ridiculous he why you're all for it you support an open border when it's the problem of texas you support an open border when it's the problem of arizona or whether it is california or wherever but suddenly now, as soon as they start showing up in New York and in a place like Chicago, now suddenly you have a problem with it? You're blaming the wrong person. What? Call the White House. Call the White House. That's what the problem is. That's where. So I want to pick up the full report from ABC. And um, I thought it was a brilliant move by Governor Abbott. Here we go.
1: Robin, this is an escalation of the Texas governor's policy of moving migrants out of his state and into Democratic-led cities. After Chicago impounded a bus, the governor chartered a plane. <laughs> this morning, Texas Governor Greg Abbott releasing video and announcing he's now flying migrants to Chicago, 120 arriving on the first flight. <laughs> one mother explaining there were more than 100 people on board and they were left deserted when they arrived abbott defending his actions saying the city quote started obstructing and targeting our busing mission adding until biden steps up to secure the border we will continue to provide overwhelmed texas border towns with much needed relief it comes after abbott signed a law this week that if upheld would authorize local police to arrest migrants suspected of crossing the border illegally A record 12,600 crossing in one day alone.
2: There's more people in the pipeline. And I suspect Christmas will be worse than today. And New Year's will be worse than today. We're going the absolute
1: wrong direction. ABC's Maria Vareal is in Eagle Pass, Texas
0: there has been a steady flow of migrants funneling through this grassy pit one group leaves on a bus
2: and another one is escorted over the riverbank just yesterday 4400 apprehensions in this area alone many will wait 10 to 12 hours just to be processed some will wait up to two days overnight they'll sleep on this dirt with no shelter just the clothes on their back and those foil blankets processing facilities are full agents tell me they are overworked and overwhelmed we need to surge immigration judges to the border this is america people need to get their Cases heard in days, not years. And if they do not qualify for asylum, they need to be deported.
1: There are real concerns about the living conditions of the medical care being provided to migrants, both in Texas and in destinations north. Now there are also new worries about the economic impact. Rail crossings have been closed, halting freight trains that carry everything from produce to auto parts at a cost, according to one estimate, of $200 million per day. Good morning,
0: Good morning, Robin. uh, Here's the thing. It's, It's a matter of when. It is a matter of when they start showing up in Rhode Island, because I'm hearing that they are going to show up. And I'll tell you, I'm going to give you a prediction of what's going to happen, probably by bus, maybe flown in, but probably by bus. Um, Here's what would happen. So let's just say a bus shows up with a couple hundred. I don't know. Let's say, you know, or a couple buses, 300 people, 300 illegals from the border, Suddenly, bust in Rhode Island. Well, here's what would happen: is Governor McKee and um, Matos, the lieutenant governor, and some others, they would all rally, and then people would come out. Oh, you know, we want to help them. And they can stay in our home. And isn't this such a good feel-good moment? And blah, blah, blah. And Governor McKee, you know, we're gonna show compassion and we're the United States and this is Rhode Island. And and and, and they, they, they may all feel gr- like, oh, we are such good people. And then five hundred more show up. And they say again, oh, okay, you know, we're gonna we're gonna take care of them, we're gonna put them into homes, these rotten Republicans. You know, this is the least we can do, and all these do-gooders and the progressives would be like, oh, isn't this great? And Rhode Island steps up, and then 500 more show up, and then another 500 show up. What do you think the reception's going to be like then? Could the state right now handle 5,000 new people that do not speak English, need a home, have no money? are not in good physical condition, need a place to sleep, need clothes. How about 10,000? So you watch. It is going to happen. My sources in the pipeline tell me I'm asking them to put off till I recover and feel better and then I could be on the ground and be there and do a live stream and uh, broadcast it when they're coming in. But that's when that's when it's not going to be the first wave the first wave in new york the mayor was like yeah you know fine statue of liberty we'll take them in then it was the second the third you know new york city now 100 over one hundred twenty-five thousand illegals uh come into the city and and it, it is going to happen and and the bottom line is the mckee Matos, said they're not equipped to handle this who would be state can't handle this type of thing so the do-gooders initially they'll say like yeah we can do this and then it's more and then there'll be some they'll be involved with some kind of a crime i mean so many of them are young guys some of these people yeah they can come and stay in my house oh okay and then what happens if you know they steal something or they attack your children and then what do you call police and i mean it is an accident waiting to happen but it will happen you're listening to the john de show The Cohesit Inn, 226 Cohesit Avenue, West Warwick. Delicious food and drink. They have a great bar area, always a dependable menu. Whether you're going to eat there or take out, a delicious meal is waiting for you at the Cohesit Inn. Look for them online. You can also find them on Facebook. Whether it's lunch, dinner, or drinks in the lounge, always a good time at the Cohesit Inn, 226 Cohesit Avenue in West Warwick. This is John DiPietro wishing you and your family a very, very Merry Christmas. Thank you for listening, and thank you for supporting The John DiPietro Show. Do you need a good plumber? I found the best plumber jmb plumbing call them today all your plumbing needs 401-743-9153 jmb plumbing they've been providing plumbing services for years skilled professionals stand behind their work guarantee you will be happy Maybe it's repairing damaged water pipes, repair clogged pipelines, maybe replace a a water heater, as well as all your plumbing needs. Call them now. It's JMB Plumbing, 401-743-9153. Nothing throws off your life or your home or your business. When you need plumbing service, you need someone reliable, someone who's professional, someone who'll handle the job and do it right. It's JMB Plumbing. Call them today, 401-743-9153, JMB Plumbing, and look for them on Facebook. This is John DiPietro wishing all of our many listeners, you and your family, a very Merry Christmas. Folks, you're listening to The John DiPietro Show. It's time for our legal segment. Joining us right now, he's our legal expert, one of Rhode Island's top attorneys. It is attorney Tim Dott. And Tim, this ruling in Colorado, um, you could already see that, um, I, I don't know where this leads. I don't think anyone knows where this leads. But this potentially could become a domino effect where I'm already seeing Michigan may now try to keep President Trump off the ballot. Uh, California's floating it. Um what happened in Colorado, and where does this go?
2: Well, in in my view, whether whether like so many times we say it, whether you admire President Trump or you loathe President Trump, um, this is a very disturbing development from a legal perspective. Um, I I really think this is a bad precedent, no matter who your candidate is, whoever you like, whoever you don't like. Um, The theory that the Colorado Supreme Court went with is that President Trump is an insurrectionist uh, based upon his involvement with the January 6th events, period. Now, before this got to the um, Colorado Supreme Court, a lower court judge had said... No, the theory is not correct to keep Trump off the ballot, because when you read uh, the Fourteenth Amendment, I think it's Article Three, it talks about the categories of people who cannot, or, uh, the categories of people who cannot run for office as in, if they're insurrectionists, and the offices for which they cannot run, and conspicuously absent from um, the description is the presidency. So the lower court judge said, I don't think this law applies um, to a president or a presidential campaign because the uh, 14th Amendment is silent and the president by name is conspicuously absent from this provision. The Colorado Supreme Court Took the position more or less, well, it shouldn't be a get out of jail card. And I think either they used it or commentators have been using that, that the president shouldn't be immune from the provisions of the 14th Amendment or somebody running for president if they have been deemed an insurrectionist. That gets into the very kind of gooey language that was involved in trying to interpret language that was drafted 150 years ago. The real problem with this is what does it take for someone to be determined legally, an insurrectionist? Um, President Trump has never been charged with all the cases and all the courts all over the country. He has never been charged with insurrection. That's a crime. Right. You can be charged as an insurrectionist. And if Trump had been charged as an insurrectionist, and if he had been found guilty by a jury of insurrection, then the Colorado Supreme Court would have had it right. But when there's been no filing of criminal charges, um, claiming Trump's an insurrectionist, it seems impossible that the u.s supreme court will ever sustain what the colorado supreme court has done we still hopefully in this country have due process um, rights and due process protections just because someone looks at trump and says he's an insurrectionist doesn't make that legally the case i mean we could read news reports it's a little bit different and say well joe joe biden you know this should be subject to impeachment because the the standard includes um treason bribery and other high crimes and misdemeanors well he was accepting bribes through his son that's not proven yet no one has proved that he hasn't been charged with that so although some people might think it it's not legally sustainable at this juncture so if the by analogy, right now, there's not enough cr- critical evidence to find that uh, the president was taking bribes, this president. He, what? So, this whole, so, so to analogize, you might think it, but you can't prove it. Right. So with, with Trump's case, you might think it, but it hasn't been legally proven anywhere. And again, Trump said we're going to march peacefully to the Capitol yep. to make our um, opinions known. Now, unless they've got evidence that he was behind the curtain, you know, directing all of his um, subordinates to do this, that, and the other thing, um, he doesn't necessarily control, and doesn't control what the Proud Boys were doing and what other groups were doing and other groups coming into the uh, to the uh, capital from other parts of the country. I, I think that it's a real jump legally to say it's been shown that this uh, President Trump was an insurrectionist. There was no trial. There was just an application made in, in Colorado by a bunch of people who don't want Trump on the ballot to say he should be off the ballot. They didn't take any evidence. No court, none of the lower courts took evidence from any witness. Uh, They didn't present any evidence. They just argued the language of the 14th Amendment. So will that light a fire now, as you pointed out, like places like Michigan and California trying to do the same thing? Well, the partisans who don't want Trump on the ballot anywhere will certainly follow suit and shop around for a jurisdiction where there'll be sympathetic judges who would go in the same direction that uh, Colorado has gone. But it seems to me that, well, clearly Trump will appeal this to the U.S. Supreme Court, and I think the Supreme Court has to act quickly. I mean, the first uh, Iowa caucuses are in January, followed closely by... um, Hampshire, then South Carolina, and then they start to fall like dominoes. So if the Supreme Court sits on this and doesn't do anything, it's going to be a a done deal that he'll be off the ballot. If they do take the case, and if they do um, provide a quick um, opinion, I can't imagine for the life of me that they will ever sustain what Colorado has done here. Um, To me, what the Colorado court has done is a legal embarrassment. Um, And again, if you hate Trump, you should still be dreadfully concerned that a court would do such a thing. It's way, way outside of what any, I think, intelligent um, jurist should be doing in this situation. It's, It's way out.
0: And Tim Dodd, now what happens if the Supreme Court won't pick it, take it up, take it up?
2: Well, if they won't take it up, then the decision of the Colorado Supreme Court will stand. Trump will be off the ballot, and if the Supreme Court won't take it up, you can be sure that there'll be a flood of of other states pushing as hard as they can to do um, something similar. I think Minnesota has already declined a petition in that state. Michigan's likely to go for it. California's likely to go for it. Um, I think the early speculation in Colorado is, well, we won't have a ballot. We'll go to a caucus system to try to do do an end run around having an actual primary vote with actual ballots. they will go to a caucus procedure, which could um, get around the Colorado Supreme Court's edict. But they should, a Republican primary should not have to change its rules and go to a caucus system to try to um, evade what I think will ultimately be deemed to be an unconstitutional decision by the Colorado Supreme Court.
0: Folks, um, we, we speak with that. Go ahead. Yeah. You know, it's, it,
2: it, it's, it's chilling. I mean, right now, the left, the media are crowing about you know how this is all appropriate justified the trump's an insurrectionist but there's no the the record is extraordinarily thin right There's, there's been no due process no charges filed one day this will the shoe will be on the other foot and i'm not looking forward to that day where something similarly egregious is happening to the left if the Republicans make appropriate charges in more conservative jurisdictions, if the Republicans tried this on a similar, you know, theory, it
0: would be equally wrong. It's right. just, it's just wrong. Folks, quick break. Much more ahead. Our legal expert, Attorney Tim Dodd, right here on the John DePetro show. We're speaking with our legal expert, Attorney Tim Dodd. Tim, I just want to stay with this Trump off the ballot thing um, for his camp. As much as some, some are trying to say, well, this is good. It's more fundraising. It, I don't think it is. Now you see other states that may jump up. Let's just, let's go local. Let, what if in Rhode Island, with basically the General Assembly, uh, one party rule can do what they want. What if the Secretary of State, Governor McKee, they all, the leaders get together and say, uh, based on Colorado, we're also going to. What What would prevent it? And I, I'm not convinced that there's any type of real Republican opposition locally that would be able to challenge them.
2: Well, you make a good point, John, because in California, I believe it's the Secretary of State who has raised the specter that Trump should not be on the ballot on this insurrectionist theory. So if the Rhode Island Secretary of State were to say, we agree with Colorado, we don't think Trump should be on the ballot, and we're going to unilaterally remove him from the ballot, it would be up to whoever, the Republican Party, Trump supporters, the Trump campaign, some some individual or entity to file an appropriate cause of action in superior court or perhaps federal court and, you know, get this in front of a judge or judges, either ultimately in front of the Rhode Island Supreme Court um, for the similar determination. What would our Supreme Court do? I have no idea. Yeah. I, I... I I I think we have um, a very credible Supreme Court here in Rhode Island. Um, um, They're all smart people, uh, all thoughtful people. I I would never expect or suspect or presume that it would be um, a political outcome in the same way it appears that Colorado was more of a political outcome than a legal outcome. I, I think our Supreme Court would get it right.
0: Yeah. If if it came to that, um, if I were Democrat Greg Amory, I might consider doing something like that. I think you'd, you know, would raise his profile. He'd have a lot of people, the people that would be against him would not be voting for him anyway. So, it's something to consider now. Tim Dodd also, but one more thing about the President Trump is, Tim, th- this certainly sets off uh, a period of uncertainty here because as much as he is steamrolling towards the nomination, his support keeps getting stronger and stronger. I mean, now they can't ignore this stuff. They're going to have to go and battle this in Colorado. They're going to have to battle this in Michigan. They're going to have to battle this in California if other states pop up. And then, and also suddenly I would imagine then, you know, they have to get ready to deal if the Supreme court picks it up.
2: Yes. And you know, it's not a legal issue, but, um, go to the various states and the general voting public some people like yourself pay close attention to all aspects of the political process as well as the legal process i'm sure there's voters out there who will not know much about this story who are going to say well gee if they want trouble off the ballot he must have done something really bad i don't get it but if he's off the ballot boy i can't vote for him because it sounds like he's been up to something you know, how many votes will will be lost uh, because of the negative optics and the overwhelmingly negative press coverage that this will generate? Hmm. And, you know, depending on your network of choice, you'll either hear that this is the the biggest um, miscarriage of justice in this century and you'll go to flip the dial and you'll hear that this is the greatest preservation of democracy ever. Um, informed voters will know what to do with this information. You know, voters who are less well-informed, um, I, I don't know how we calculate what that does, um, to the, um, electoral maps around the country, but, um, I'm just astonished that this, uh, Colorado yeah. went in the direction they did. I mean, I guess the more you look into their court and how political it is, maybe it's not a surprise. Mm. But from somebody looking in from afar, it's it's um, unbe- unbelievably astonishing that they would do this.
0: Folks, we speak with our legal expert. It's attorney Tim Dodd. Tim, um, <clears throat> if you were to give some legal advice to Rudy Giuliani, what what might it be regarding his situation in the state of Georgia?
2: um search around for countries with non-extradition treaties i don't know i mean he's got to take an appeal he's got to move uh, for a new trial he's got to move legally for um a motion to decrease the awards here the jury in this case uh, regarding these two um um
1: the election poll yeah. day
2: poll workers um, the jury awarded way more than even the prosecutors were suggesting was appropriate. Um, each of these two individuals got $20 million for their emotional distress, plus an additional $16 million for the defamation, plus an aggregate between the two of them of $75 million in punitive damages. Now, punitive damages, as we've discussed many times, is to punish the wrongdoer, to send a message out to the world that this type of conduct is unacceptable, and we're going to punish you. We're going to make an example of you um, to dissuade people in the future from doing something the same or similar. Um, $75 million, if you were, let's say, um, um, Microsoft, might not be a big number. $75 $75 million for a private citizen is it, it, its not a proportionate response to, to um, Rudy's ability to pay. Typically, before there's um, an award of punitive damages, the jury gets to have information about the financial wherewithal. So if you're suing Ford Motor Company for a product defect in order to appropriately make an award of punitive damages, if the jury sees fit to do that, you got to have some idea of the value or the assets of the defendant so you know what's an appropriate penalty, you know? if If you gave Rudy, if you whacked Rudy for, let's say, $10 million in punitive damages, that may well be all the money he's got in the world. If you whack Ford Motor Credit, um, Ford Motor Company, not credit, Ford Motor Company, ten million dollars—that's nothing to them. Um, so it seems that the numbers here are disproportionate to reality, and it seems to me that the judge should either reduce these awards on his or her own, or Rudy should move for a new trial. And if he doesn't get a new trial, and if the judge won't reduce the awards, Rudy's got to appeal. Um, and look for a determination that there were errors made during the trial, which resulted in such um, disproportionately huge um, awards for compensatory damages and the punitive damage award. It seems way outside the scope of what's reasonable under the circumstances. Should he have been whacked for the damages he caused to these people? Based on the evidence that was presented, Apparently so. Right. And Rudy kind of made his own bed here because he didn't testify. No. And further, this was a defaulted case. The plaintiff's attorneys had made numerous discovery requests to answer questions. Where did you get the information? Who provided the information? Who did you tell the information to? What's the source? You know, what's your research? All things to get into what Rudy knew at the time he made these statements. Rudy never responded to these uh, discovery requests. If you don't comply with discovery requests after the court orders you to do so, ultimately you're defaulted. Then it's only a question of damages. So Rudy sort of put himself in this position uh probably s- presuming or calculating I'm going to get whacked here for a jury award, but I'm sure he never thought it would be $148 million. Right.
0: <laughs> <clears throat> Folks, quick break. Much more ahead, our legal expert, Attorney Tim Dodd, right here on The John DePietro Show. When it comes to insurance, you need a neighbor, a partner, and friend you need Shoppa insurance agency they're located right on reservoir avenue in cranston call today free consultation 401 900 insu 401 900 four six seven eight shoppa insurance sia stephen very experienced whether it's auto home renters business insurance flood Recreational, umbrella, any other protection for your assets, Rhode Island of Massachusetts. SHAPA Insurance Agency, your agency of choice. Call today. Set up a meeting. They're so knowledgeable. Can have everything under one roof. Call SHAPA Insurance today. 401-900-INSU or 401-900-4678. Look for them on Facebook. Again, located Reservoir Avenue in Cranston shopper insurance agency your neighbor your partner your friend one-stop insurance solutions we're speaking with our legal expert it's attorney tim dodd tim closer to home brown university last time you had students that were trespassing stayed in the president's office past uh, whatever the time the building closes five five thirty they were arrested The school said, okay, you know, this time around, we'll get this time. They dismissed the charges this time around. Not so fast for the 41 that were recently arrested.
2: Yes. And good for Brown. I don't think they, if if they dismissed again, they'd just be asking for more um, upheaval on campus. So Brown has indicated so far that they're not going to dismiss the charges. Of course, the the charges are, I believe, petty misdemeanors, which will have um, consequences, which will probably be a filing for these people. If they stay out of trouble, it would be expunged from their record, or perhaps they'd get probation, which is also expungible. So none of these people are likely to wind up with a criminal conviction on their record. They're likely to admit to what they did agree to stay out of trouble for a year, and this event would be expunged from their record, much like with um, Senator Miller, went into court, pled guilty, got a year filing, and in a year, that'll be expunged from his record like it never happened. Similar uh, result will probably happen for these defendants, unless they want to show trial, unless they want to go forward and, you know, try to get more publicity by insisting on trying their cases. Um, actions have consequences. Yep. Uh, these, these, these students knew exactly what they were doing. I'm sure they presumed they would be arrested. I'm sure they assumed they would get the publicity that they are in fact getting um, to get their message out about what type of companies they want Brown to divest from. They want to you know, pull all of their investments in these various companies which provide war materials for Israel. And if they're willing to subject themselves to arrest and the consequences of a criminal prosecution or a criminal disposition, so then... That's what they're willing to do, just like when people chain themselves to, um, you know, governmental facilities and try to resist arrest. There's any number of circumstances where people know they're going to get arrested, almost want to get arrested for the publicity and for trying to prove their point. Um, It's a low-risk gamble for the students because the ultimate result when they go through the criminal process um, it's not going to disturb their lives in any way.
1: Right.
0: Two, uh, two cases in Massachusetts, Tim Dodd. One we're going to be paying attention to, I think, quite a bit Shh. next year, and that'll be the Karen Reed case. But for Turtle Boy, the blogger, um, now this is just coming down, but he's he's now apparently facing more indictments of witness intimidation. <laughs> as much as, Tim Dodd, you know, people have kind of been trying to dismiss this as like a freedom of the press. Um, you tell me, but. I mean, these seem—tell us about it being switched to, I believe, Superior Court, and these are serious charges that he's going to have to deal with in the court system.
2: Yeah, I mean, he's got some felony charges in here now, which removes everything that was happening in the district court, now to Superior Court. My understanding, he's got approximately 16 counts of witness intimidation, uh, conspiracy to commit witness intimidation. And I think a new charge is um, picketing a witness. So, you know, when you stand out in front of somebody's house with either signs or a bullhorn demanding that the witness come out and talk to the media or demanding that the witness change their story or in any way threatening the witness. um, Again, you can say anything you want. You've got free speech, but that speech has consequences. So this turtle boy guy um has been allegedly doing these things um intimidating witnesses harassing witnesses um once he does that there are criminal consequences and it's different if Neighbor A goes to neighbor B and starts with a bullhorn saying, You know, you're a terrible neighbor. Why don't you cut your grass? That's a different, different situation than when someone is trying to intimidate a witness in a criminal trial. Uh, the law is um, pretty um, strong. On protecting witnesses who are going to be testifying in a criminal case from this type of intimidation, the system can't tolerate it.
0: Yeah. Also, uh, Tim Dodd, authorities seek charges against 28 accused of buying sex from those high-end Cambridge, Watertown brothels. Federal task force is actually seeking criminal charges. This um, this case is not going away, and um, and it's just seemingly is a matter. What what direction are they going here? <laughs>
2: And This is unbelievable. So this is a high-end brothel, as you say. Um, It was run up and down the East Coast, I guess, in in the Boston area, as far down as D.C. Apparently, names have not yet been released, but there's elected officials. um, I'm sure a number of high-profile people who are going to get jammed up in this thing. This was allegedly a high-profile Um, service uh, uh, catering to discriminating, you know, um, powerful people (laughs) to to get admitted to have um, an interaction with these sex workers, you had to provide your name, your address, a color photo, uh, your email address, your phone number, and other identifying material. Wow. So it's all there. So when these businesses now get raided and when the proprietors flip on everyone who came in through this service, they got everybody. They got pictures, they got addresses, they have emails, they got everything. So if you're an individual who frequented one of these places and you provided all this information so that you could be vetted that you're an appropriate person to um, participate. Be a with, client, with, sure. To be a client. I mean, you're screwed. I don't yeah. know. That's. The, I think that's the legal definition. You're screwed. Um, the real question will be, what type of evidence do they have? You know, will the sex workers be testifying? Right. Um, Will these folks be able to get off the hook much like the way Bob Kraft was able to get off the hook? Um, What were the circumstances that led to this um, business being investigated? Um, It sounds like this case was much better put together than the case that was going on down in Florida when Kraft got jammed up a few years ago. So if I if. One were a client of this business. One should be um, quite concerned, I would think. Finally, and Tim media, Dodd, you, the media can't wait to yeah. get their hands on the
0: list. Finally, Tim Dodd. Um, w- one more question on that: Is that a matter of like? Is is this a jail case, or there's just the embarrassment that's going to come along with it?
2: It's unlikely a jail case okay. for sure.
0: Um, Texas governor signs bill that will let police arrest migrants. Now, people are always wondering how come illegals are all floating around the border. What are we to make of Governor Abbott is like, that's it. I've had it. This is crazy. Open border. It's a problem. We're just going to have our police start to arrest these people.
2: Well, t- typically, you know, immigration issues, illegal entry into the country, et cetera, is a federal matter. And it's typically not put in the hands of the state. Um, I think Abbott has come up with a unique way to go at this. Um I'm not sure his officers do have the authority to, um, once they arrest somebody who is, you know, I guess, shown to be here illegally, if they have the power to send them back over the border to, to let's say, Mexico. Um, Abbott announced this policy within the last couple of days. Already the ACLU is in court, along with other um immigration rights groups challenging the legality of what Abbott is proposing. Um, I have a feeling that what Abbott is proposing will not sustain judicial scrutiny because the state is attempting to usurp authority, which is appropriately in the hands of the feds. I, I just don't see that he's going to win on the law here. Uh, he might get votes because people say, yeah, finally somebody's doing something. Yep. But I, 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 the, at first blush, I don't think that his his law that's been enacted is going to stand up to a constitutional test.
0: Conversely, President Trump talks about if he gets back into office, he will institute uh, mass deportations. The federal government, Tim Dodd, Sounds like they would have the power to enforce this far more than obviously just local law enforcement.
2: Well, yes, you're right. If, if the feds get involved and it's a federal policy, then it would have a lot more um, enforceability. When a state is attempting to usurp what is um, a federal function, um, that's where I think Abbott will ultimately
0: run into trouble. Folks, again, he is our legal expert, attorney Tim Dodd. Tim, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. I want to thank you for uh, all your guidance this year. We're a week out of surgery. I hope I sound okay. And um, obviously, we'll talk before the new year. But Merry, Merry Christmas. And everyone appreciates your keen uh, legal insight.
2: Well, thank you, John. And I hope you're feeling better. Um, I know you're in good hands up there in Boston. And I'm sure you'll be back to 100% soon. And likewise, I wish you and your family and all your listeners a very Merry Christmas. And we'll talk soon
0: propane plus call them today heating and cooling in rhode island 401-885-4209 in massachusetts 508-252-3359 for propane Plus. plus three generations you can always depend on propane plus for all your heating and cooling call them today 401-885-4209 three generations they're available 24 7 a service and delivery and they're going to serve you for a very long time they have a great user friendly website you just log on at propaneplus.com and then you type in your zip code residential commercial propane plus heating and cooling always there for you give them a call today in rhode island 401-885-4209 in massachusetts 508-252-3359 the johnson family three generations Heating and cooling, you can always depend on Propane Plus. You're listening to the John DePietro Show. I just want to take this opportunity to wish you and your family the merriest of Christmases. Folks, we're at a pivotal time in our state and in our country. We have a state full of corruption a sanctuary state being run into the ground by the forces of evil but the light will come on Christmas day and the light will return in 2024 so during this difficult time remember what this is all about, the birth of our Savior Merry Christmas and thank you for listening so much to the John DePietro show.